Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 30. We have another Billman Track podcast coming up for you. And Donovan, where are we in the series so far? Yeah, so we've made it quite a fair way through. We've made it past the halfway point. And now we are doing the Pemberton to Northcliffe section. Mm. And when we first started doing the podcast, I really expected we would fly through the Billman podcast and just be like, a, what do we do in between? Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's over a year now and we are just getting to Pemberton to Northcliffe. So we've done, by the end of this, what about 650 k's maybe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So there's still a fair chunk to go and yep. we'll get to those over the summer. But <laughs> Yeah. I think ahead of us is the worst of times and the best of times, but <laughs> we'll yes. get onto that at some other stage. We'll reach Angry Don yeah, in sometime in 2019. Yes. But for now, it is one of the lovelier sections of oh, the track. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and definitely. also one of the shortest, too, when you yeah. do town-to-town sections. So I think I, I did this section in March 2016, and we did it f- over the Easter weekend. And I think that it's probably the perfect town-to-town section to do over that period because mm. it's three days you have four days off it's perfect for you to be able to fit that in there and you know get between the two and especially i think if, you, if you're not if you're not an experienced multi-day hiker it's a really good way of doing it without using your annual leave mm. and also pretty easy to get transport between the two towns yes. too, which is what you guys did on your your trip yeah so we we did it in the reverse order starting at northcliffe and we did that because of the timing of the bus so that we could get a bus back to Northcliffe from Pemberton. Mm, very yeah. smart way of doing it. And um, you did yours very recently. Yeah, so mine was done August this year. And luckily, Dad was quite keen to um, go for a drive. So I dropped my car in Northcliffe and um, yeah, let the ladies know at the visitor center that it was staying there, which it was safe for the three days. And then Dad you know, drove me back to Pemberton for the start. So I have this thing about my sectional end-to-end, I'm going to do it all north to south. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it's actually nicer if you can. Um, I probably didn't I didn't think about that when I started. I just went, what is convenient? Mm. And so, you know, as a result, I have a slightly messy order on the blog where things I have to put in brackets. This is the north to south section. Mm. And even as we talk about this, it will be slightly wrong in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll have a, a different perspective of this section, <laughs> yeah. quite literally. Um, so, yeah, starting in Pemberton, um, one of the nicer track towns and, yeah, fairly open and large-ish town for the area. I think yeah. it's when you think of Cary Forest, you think Pemberton as the main town. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the area is just surrounded by these trees and, you know, if, you, if you're on the main street, you just see them everywhere. So, definitely. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there is a bit of town walking to get through and it's... Yep. It's not a drag. I mean, you would have finished with this, so maybe it would have been a bit more of a drag for you. But, I mean, it's it's pleasant to walk past the old buildings and kind of see a little bit of country farm life within still a town setting. Yeah, I mean, there's things like there's the old cinema that's there and, um, you know, it's it's okay. Like, it's not exciting, but, it, you know, there are worse things. I think the, the other way into town is nicer because you go past the really old buildings. Mm. But... You know, it's all right. It it's not like Collie. <laughs> no. <laughs> and 
yeah getting to because if you know the area you know what's coming up almost straight away and that's the gloucester national park so it's uh, you know an easy thing to swallow knowing you're going to get basically thrust into the carry forest for the next three days Mm, yeah and i mean the gloucester tree is awesome i think it's you know it everyone from overseas who comes to see it they just question how on earth this thing has survived Mm. you know with the exceptionally uh risk averse nature to all sorts of public things like this Mm. and yet you know, no one has died because I think probably you just go and hold on yeah. for your dear life when you climb it. There's no safety net. Like, you're responsible for your own actions. Yeah. I mean, you've climbed it. How? What was the experience like? Yeah, I love it. I've done it um, three or four times now, I think. Um, it's... When I did it... On the day that I did it as part of the bib, it was a perfectly sunny day. So it was, it was really good. I've done the Bicentennial tree when it was really windy and that was horrifying <laughs> the tree because the tree sways yeah um mainly because it's so heavy up there because they've put a you know they put a cage at the top whereas on top of the gloucester tree it's it's a much lighter structure mm. so i think as long as you don't do it on a high wind day which you probably shouldn't be doing it anyway mm. it's actually not that bad have you no so i mean i'm not that great with heights anyway i'm actually not sure how it would go on a sunny day but like the times that I visited this area, when I did the Gloucester route, it was just after like a massive storm. So there was debris everywhere. It was wet and slippery. And then coming through on the Billman track, it was like raining. <laughs> it had, you know, bucketed down 30, 40 millimeters and had a storm as well. So yeah, maybe in dry weather, I might one day attempt it, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I think that that's sensible. I think it's it's not worth doing if it's going to be dangerous. Mm. Mm. And then moving on from there, it is actually quite... This is one of the nicest parts. Oh, yeah. And a good introduction to basically days one and two yep. in the Cary Forest. I should say that there's a photo of me standing on the sign outside the Gloucester Tree. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. Yeah. So in May 1999, I at that point, I was saw the Bibbleman Track sign underneath the Gloucester tree, and I said, I'm going to do this one day. Mm. So a, this a little area, Don moment. Yeah, little Donny. Um, it was one of those things that, you know, it obviously defined my life in a sense from mm. that point on, because I said, this is something I will do. And it took me, you know, a very long time to do it, Yeah. Um, because it wasn't 18 years later. It was only 18 years later that I actually completed the bib, mm. but it was the thing that set it in motion. So th- this particular area has a special place for me. Yeah. No, because uh, I remember thinking like there's a, a similar sign not too far on down there. Mm. And I was like, as I walked past, I was like, is this the little Don moment? I was like, no, no, I'm sure it was back near the Gloucester tree. And I was yeah. just picturing yeah, little Don just standing on the side. <laughs> yeah. Being like, I'm going to do this one day. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. show you all. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, yeah, the, I mean the carry forest around here is epic, and it is—it's mm. not exposed, but you get to see the size of the carries, and a lot of them have the moss um, at the bottom, yep. and it's really kind of you know wet undergrowth, and it's it's quite photogenic this area. Definitely, that that photo of the moss tree is the one that I use as my comparison with um, Tassie, mm. because that the trees there—it looks almost identical in so, if you like look at it. You know, like to some parts of um, like Mount Field. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just so beautiful down there, and, and that's part of the 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 Gloucester route, which you've done as well. We we both love. Yeah, 
Um, which sadly this time coming through on the boom and as you get to the road the other side where it's got the bridge and it looks really cool that had all been burnt out no and I was like no I was looking forward to seeing that again and I'm not sure how long it'll take to recover but I'm guessing it'll be five to ten years before that's anywhere near as beautiful as it was but oh well (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. okay (laughs) these things happen in WA Um, but moving on I mean you then walk down the road for a little bit to cross the bridge which is more of a convenience thing than we're just going to put you on a road yeah and then you're into on basically onto the railway formations yeah which is kind of you know sometimes railway formations can be really boring but I actually quite like this one I think it's quite nice it's it's like you know it's a tunnel but it's a nice tunnel <laughs> mm. yeah and a lot of people I know there's a few people in the Facebook groups don't like the carry forest because of these tunnels mm. but I love them they just have this uh, I don't know how to describe it finality to them mm. like you just you know this is where I'm walking and it kind of all draws into a point and as a photographer it's nice to have every like your eyes yeah. being led somewhere whereas some of the railway formations in the Jarrah Forest you're kind of just looking around going what well, what's here yeah yeah for sure and it's um it's a lovely walk that they have there that as it because I think it is its own trail, isn't it, that links up to the to the Cascades? Yeah, so this is the uh, the Pemberton to Cascades trail that they um, advertise that you can do. Yeah. It, I think it existed before the bib, but it was sort of co-opted by the bib. Uh, okay. Um, because I think the signage at the junction looks a bit older. Uh, when you reach the Cascades, it has the sign that says yeah. Bibman Cascades. Well, there's like five or six of those signs along yeah. there, and I'm just like... <laughs> where are these cascades? Like, I knew where they were because I'd visited them before. I was like, if you're an end-to-ender and you're like, well, these cascades, they must be really, really good because they keep, like, signposting. Them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the better side trips from the, the bib. It's it's a bit longer than a lot of the other side trips. Mm. It's like, what, like a, a few Ks? Like, one or two Ks? No, it's... it's Not even? Directly, pretty much there. Like, there's, you go down the hill, yeah. cross the road, and then, like, there's the link trail, but... Yeah. Doing the Cascades, I went over the bridge anyway and to okay. sort of under the, the tramway bridge. Yeah. So I would have done that anyway. But, yeah, it's yeah an enjoyable side trip. Yeah. And well worth doing. Like, if you're not sure or you think you've got sore feet or anything, just, just do it. Just oh yeah, drop your pack and, and go off and do it. Yeah. It's one of the one of the few side trips that's actually properly signposted clearly because mm. we've talked about this before with things like um, like Rocky Pool, mm. um, some of the other ones like even you know Mount Randall. There's no sign. Yeah. Um, this Mount is one. Halliwell, of, not Mount Halliwell. Um, Boonering Hill. Yeah. You would never know. It's and that's there. even <laughs> counted as part of the bib. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is one of those things where at least they've signed it properly, and it's actually probably a good example of how they should be dealing with these side trips. I mm. think. I mean, when you visited, it probably wouldn't have been flowing as as much as what I did. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't too bad because I think we had a relatively rainy week before um, and Lefroy Brook was flowing. But mm. yeah, when you went, it would have been amazing. I, <laughs> I was lucky because we'd had like 30 millimetres of rain the night before. So it was actually proper cascades. And I nice. visited um, last year, late in the year. And it was still, you know, had a good flow then, but nothing compared to this. Mm. And it just, yeah, it made you just like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And even just walking around, because it's got like, where the car park and you wander down, they've got that like leaf bridge. 
before that was just like a normal river but my last trip was like flooded and like you could see just the power of all the water gushing down yeah yeah, and I, but I have not seen one of the I think they're lampreys. Yeah, they are lampreys there, but I've, I've never seen them. I've either. been there at the right time according to the information boards, but I've never seen. Them. <laughs> so I wonder if they still get up that high um, or further down the river. Yeah, I guess you have to just if you stand in the water long enough, they might bite you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for those playing at home, the lampreys are like eel, eel-like creatures, yeah. and they've got a ring of teeth that kind of clamp onto like the moss or whatever, and then they feed. So they come in from the ocean and then go upriver and then they, they die off and all their young go back out into the ocean. I can't That's remember. Something like yeah. that, yeah. But they, that'd be pretty cool to see in real life. But yeah. alas, yeah. <laughs> not to be. So then back onto the track, it's a lot of forest walking. I think you go past like the railway line and a few other things. Yeah, it's very up and down as well. Like yeah. You never really, apart from the railway formation, you're not really walking on much flat today. Yeah. And, but, I mean, it's beautiful country. Mm. It's just you kind of wonder why you're going up a hill and then you're going down a hill. And, and yeah, probably reminiscent of the day you don't really like between Donnelly River and Pemberton. <laughs> Which day? The one that you said was unnecessarily hilly and then you kept turning right and then turning right. Oh, <laughs> that day, yeah. Because I actually love the, the Donnelly River roller coaster day, yeah. which is the most of that particular section. It's the day after. But the day after, yeah. yes. The one to, um, beat, to beetle, beetle up is, yeah. yeah, it seems unnecessary. I think on that particular day, because Alyssa and I were walking from the hut to town and we had a, a bus to mm. catch. So we just powered. We didn't think too much about the fact that it was, you know, as up and down as it was. But I, rem- what I one of the things I remember most about that section was I felt that when they... Because obviously they had a few trees that had fallen over the track and they cut them open. Mm. But they left them as, like, stools in mm. a lot of ways. So I found this particular section had a lot of seating along yeah. the way. <laughs> and it seemed very... Um, very thoughtful. I think, um, you know, there's a certain Bibbulmun track hiker who wrote about not being enough seats on the track, and he mm. would love this section. Yeah. Yeah, certainly it is nice, especially, like, around those milestones of, like, three to five Ks. If you've got, you know, somewhere to sit while you have a bit of a drink or have lunch or whatever, it's it's nice to have those. Mm. And they're not short of fallen trees in these areas. Yeah. Even the ones that aren't on the track still provide a nice feature. Yeah, um, and a good a good place to to spot the fungi and the mosses and yeah, just enjoy the beauty of it. There's just so many shades of green mm. within this section. Yeah, this was the day where I saw the the giant ferns. Did you spot them? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that there were. I saw giant ferns on this day. And having not been to Tassie at that stage, I was like, this feels like Tassie. And then having now gone to Tassie, I'm like, yes, that this was Tassie. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> just on a very small scale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's just little... Every now and then, I love in this section, because it's so lush, that you just get those little flashes of like, oh, this was all once the same mm. yeah, a long time ago. Mm. And uh. just like, it just grows everywhere. Like the moss, mm. like you just have a fallen tree or a branch or something, and then it just could be like fluorescent green with all the moss so Mm. uh, there's lots to look at and like one thing i like saying is it's the devils in the detail and there's just so much detail in the gary forest yeah i think it's well known that i find the jarrah forest to be frustratingly boring yes and even though carry forest has a certain sameness about it i'm not bored 
because I feel like I'm there's a lot of things to be interested in. And and of course, you know, Jarrah, you could say that there's there's a lot of wild, there's more wildflowers in in the springtime, mm. but that's a very specific time of year that it's better in you know in some sense. Mm. So. Whereas I think the Cary Forest is always nice. Even even in summer when it's dry, it still kind of looks nice. Yeah. I think there's also an element of chaos about the Cary Forest, whereas like it grows so quickly and everything is so much larger and there's so many more species that anything could happen. And like a fallen tree in one spot then opens up the forest and you could get you know a million different things happen. Whereas mm. a lot of the Jarrah Forest, because it does get burnt quite a lot, it becomes a bit uniform. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, and yeah, like you get less rainfall, therefore it doesn't grow as quickly, or there's not as much um, variety to grow. And I know there's just something about the Cary Forest that you can walk through a section and then ten meters later turn a corner and just be completely different. Mm. Whereas you rarely get that in the Jarrah Forest. Kind yeah, of know what you're getting a couple hundred meters ahead of where you are. For sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so an interesting aspect of this is the farmland that you see along it, because it's not just the Cary Forest. So you come mm. through some areas that are sort of open up. Um, on the day that we went, it was kind of interesting because it was like there were storm clouds rolling across the fields. Mm. So that kind of added a bit of drama. And I know that you're very much a... You like the farmland. Yeah, like as much as I don't like the land clearing that's come with farming, like you get the sense that that farm's been there for like hundreds of years mm. or at least a hundred years mm. like it gets you out of the carry forest because like it's very heavy walking and then to all of a sudden be exposed to wow here's like an open field and here's some views and it also draws you into the scale of the carry forest because you're up on the hill on this farmland and you can see that farm is surrounded by carry trees and mm. you get the sense of how big they are and you can see the ones poking out of the canopy and yeah, just get that grand scale that is carry. Mm. I think I also had storm clouds rolling in as well in my day. <laughs> Must be a perpetual thing in yeah. that area. <laughs> yeah, just to add the drama. Mm. Yeah, and then not long after that, you actually get to see the Warren River for the first time, mm. which is uh, quite a delight. I mean, it's not when I think of the Warren River, I think of this really wide, kind of flowing rapids, giant carry trees on it. But the introduction's kind of a bit. Mm. bit smaller so you're um, thinking more like the Warren River Loop area yeah yeah um when you when I saw it on the map I was like oh yeah that's cool I'm looking forward to that but it is obviously upstream a fair bit so mm. not going to get that effect mm. um, but it does actually follow the Warren River closer than some of the other rivers um, on yeah. the track which is nice I think it's not as close friends with the Warren as it is with the Donnelly which it follows for such a long time mm. But I think it's, you know, the Warren has a similarly beautiful character, sometimes a bit more rugged in mm. some areas, like there's bits of rapids and stuff like that. So it's a beautiful river. And, um, you know, for the, at least for the, the two days of this section, mm. it follows it quite faithfully for a bit. And there's a cool little access point just before we get to the campsite where I think it's a four-wheel drive crossing and you must only be able to cross in summer because when I was there, it was going up on two meters the depth oh, right. chart at the the edge of the the river yeah so i kind of like marveled at that it's like who would be crazy enough to try and cross this in winter but it does give you like a good scale and just i just love the colors of the um the southern rivers that we have just mm. that deep tannin brown yeah yeah and i know it's a a goal one day 
to um, kayak down or canoe down one of them for at least a few days. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think that that's something that, you know, we have a number of these rivers like the Warren um, or the Donnelly Mm -hmm. that are a bit of an untapped potential that we don't have trails for them and we don't have like places people can stay along the way. Mm. So yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. And then you've got that murderous hill up to Warren, which you probably would have gone down. It was marvellous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a great start to the day. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's only like 80 or 90 metres vertically. Yeah. I mean, the other way you still have to go up. Yeah. And there's no way of avoiding it. Yeah. If you want the Warren campsite views, you're going to have to work for them a little yep. bit. Um, and it is a beautiful, beautiful campsite up yeah. on the hill. I think it would be, I don't know, maybe top 10, pro- probably top 10. I'd say. I haven't really, you know, calculated this for a while. I have thought about it. I think you should do a list. You have to. I think I, ha- I, think I have mentally done it. Not just the top 10, but like rank every single shelter. Okay. Yeah. Until the very last one. Yeah. What would the last one be? The worst, oh, probably something in the in like the dwelling up forest area. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> or Collie. I don't know somewhere somewhere nearer to Collie, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's some terrible campsites and some good ones as well. Not that I've actually passed through there, but just looking at the photos, maybe Brookton, just because it's so close to that highway and on a bit of a flat. Yeah, yeah. I think Brookton would be near the bottom. I mean, Canning's quite ugly. Yeah. So, especially after the fires that went through. (laughs) We digress. (laughs) Warren is, yeah, one of the more beautiful ones. Um, A lot smaller. There's not that many tent pads around, but Mm. you're not going to get super big crowds anyway. But there is, well, (laughs) you say that. I mean, okay, first of all, there is a lot of space around the front. So, if you did want to set up tents, you could, you know, set up there. Mm. Now, the day that we were there... Because it was the long weekend. So this is the only thing I'll say is if you're going to do the long weekend, the Easter long weekend, which is basically the start of the hiking season, you have to be prepared because this was re- it was really busy and people are coming from both ends as mm. well. So what we found was that it was just the perfect storm. Everyone from that, you know, who came up with us from North Cliff got there and all the people from Pemberton got there as well. Mm. And so we had, I think, about 21 people in the hut. Wow. Yeah. Actually yeah. staying in the hut? Staying in the hut. And the so... Ca- the capacity is only like 10 or 12, isn't it? Um, so at a stretch, so the upper bunks, because it's a, it's a deep south, so mm-hmm. you can have two at the top on each side. Underneath, you could probably have four if they lie down sort of face like their feet facing the middle oh, yeah. and then you can have more in the middle and then we had some people setting up their tent underneath inside the hut yeah um it was it was chaos mm. uh, too many people and so Lisa and i didn't bring our tent but we knew that this could was a risk mm. so we made sure that we left early we were the first <laughs> people there and we got the the top bunk top left yeah. our, our preferred spot yeah um and so this is the thing, if, you know, I, I think most of the time, except for if there's a burn, you can probably risk it and you may be okay mm. without a tent, but you have to be prepared on these kind of days when it's crowded because it you, you might find that you don't have a tent and you don't have a place to stay. So you have to be prepared to get up early like we did mm. and fight for that place by getting there before everyone. <laughs> 
but it was did you have your Cedar Summits ultralights at that point? No, this was um so I think we so we had Katmandu mats that were not great. Uh, the um self inflating ones. Yeah. Yeah. They're okay, you know. Um but they're not as noisy. As they're not the as Cedar noisy. <laughs> um we didn't have the Cedar Summits. We had so I had a um mosquito net that mm-hmm. we brought so Cedar Summit Mosquito Net this is before we bought the Big Agnes tents mm-hmm. um, and it was good you know it, it worked well but we were running a risk mm-hmm. and I think there were a lot of groups running the risk and also then being a, a bit blase about what time they're going to rock up yeah yeah I feel like if you're if you don't carry a tent you have to get up early <laughs> and really leg it yep but I did not have that problem because my theme continued for my sexual end-to-end and I was on my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone was going to brave the weather because it was... I was staying here a Thursday night mm. and it was a wild Wednesday night so no one was really going to... Unless I got an end-to-end or yeah. no one was going to come. And I think people in WA are a bit cowardly when it comes to rain. Like as soon as it rains, they're immediately like, you can't go outside. Mm. Um, so... Like when you do the, if you do hiking in winter, you'll you could have the the entire track to yourself almost the whole way and not run into another person sometimes. Yeah, yeah. The only people you'll run into are the the end to enders who <laughs> like they're just accepting that they're probably going to get rained on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, moving on to day two, it's another one where you follow the Warren River, but it's more apparent that the river's there for the first half of the day. Yeah. And also, I think this is, you've done the math on this, and this is, is more undulating than the Donnelly River roller coaster. Yeah, so day one was actually I think it was 705 meters when I calculated it, or the GPS calculated it for the total vertical distance you hiked over the day. Right. And it was a shorter day as well than the Donnelly roller coaster. So, yeah, these areas are quite hilly. And today, or well, day two, is actually six over 600 meters. So. Mm. I mean, it's nothing to sneeze at. It's just you don't really notice, and it doesn't really get talked about too much that these are the hilly days. Yeah, this this I found this day quite taxing when when I did it. Probably also it was quite early on in the history of the Long Ways Better blog, mm. um, and this is probably our most substantial hike that we'd done in a long time. So it was just very up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. So and it, and it starts with a a very steep down from mm. the from the hut. <laughs> yeah, I mean this was also one of my most challenging days on the track. Um, I have a few theories on why that is, but I think it was just because it was raining and the rain jacket I had didn't really breathe that well. So I think I got a little dehydrated and kind of a bit hot right. under my um my jacket. But yeah, as you say, the like the hills, you don't expect them to be this big. And you're always on one, so yeah, mm. it just kind of takes it out of you without you noticing, or like you just think, "Oh, yeah, this is nothing." Yeah, um, yeah. The the walk down from the campsite to one of the, I'm gonna say it's the largest wooden railway bridge on the track still. Now, now yeah. after we lost Long Gully Bridge, but um, River Road Bridge is not quite as majestic, but it's still a, a cool feature to walk over. Yeah, for sure. I think it it adds a lot of character to this particular day, sort of like a highlight. And it's for us because it was near the end of the day. It was like, mm. oh yes, the end is almost here. Yeah. So it has that sort of of benefit to it. Mm. 
And it is like it's it's not curved like Long Gully Bridge was, but it's got the like you can only walk in the center, and then they've got the kind of fenced off <laughs> yeah. area, which they like doing in the Carry Forest. Um, it's it's I suppose it's to protect people from what may be dodgy wood and stepping through and falling off and everything. But yeah, yeah, I like that it kind of gives you a focus point as you're crossing. Mm. So beyond that, I remember there were some other bridges along the way. So I remember that, like, I, one of the things I remember vividly from this section was there was, like, a bridge that was really high, and it's, it, it felt oh, high. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it was, like, on one of the side gullies. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, amazing, because it's so lush and, and, and like, dense mm. along the banks here. Because you would have come from the other way, but I think I walked up a, a hill and there was some big carries there, and then you get the view to the... Because the river's to the left. Yep. And then you get the bridge, and you're like, whoa. And I was trying to take all these photos, and, yeah, it's quite a cool spot. And then you get the really low bridge, mm. which is kind of more like boardwalk over this little side stream. Yeah. Um, which for me, even though we'd had all that rain, like there was nothing really to walk over. <laughs> you could <laughs> yeah. have just walked up to where the stream was, had a bridge there, and then um, yeah, gone over it then. But it is it's cool having all these little bridges and side trips, and mm. I mean, especially in the Carry Forest because you put a, a wooden bridge there, it's going to get taken over with moss, and it all grows differently, and it kind of like becomes part of the forest. Mm. And so basically this whole section is very close to the river, it sort of follows the river and it just goes up and down the hills mm. um, until the moon's crossing, basically, isn't it? It's just con- consistently just following the... Uh... Yeah. I mean, I, I was looking out for moon's crossing because on the map it's marked. Yep. And I still had, even after I'd passed it, I still had no idea what moon's crossing was. Yeah, we didn't until, we didn't work it out and it's like, oh, that side road that goes that way leads to moon's crossing. Uh, okay. But it's it's not at all clear. On the map, it looks like you just walk next to it and you should be on the river and then you go up the hill. But uh, yeah, I was just like, this is a bit of a <laughs> disappointment. Yeah. And then all throughout that section before you go up the hill is um, you've got the trail markers that have the eight on them. Like the figure eight, which is yeah. the Blackberry Loop, which I'd never heard of until I got to the sign saying, you know, Blackberry Loop this way, don't follow the bib. Yep. As is weird that they have all these trails that they then don't advertise. Yeah. And I feel sometimes because they're sort of out of sight, out of mind, that they can sometimes just either be, you know, just disappear from lack of, mm. of maintenance or worse, just be destroyed. Yeah, although I have a feeling this one, maybe someone or a group's just created it. Right. And then not had a trailhead and no official funding and marketing and all that. So it's kind of like a locals-only trail that unless you're out there, you don't know it's there. Yeah, they'd probably be like not happy that we mentioned it. Oh, that's my trail. You can't yeah. talk about it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there's a few like that, and we'll talk about that um, as you get into Northcliff that I didn't expect them to be there, and I might have to go back and yeah. have a, a bit of a closer look. Um, but yeah, as as we said, you leave the river, which it's kind of there's a very brief dalliance with the Warren. I feel for such a large river, it could have followed it for a, a little bit longer. Yeah, it doesn't become your friend the way that the Donnelly does. You know, mm. like I think of all the rivers, I I think a lot about the Donnelly. Um, and you know, even though I don't love 
the the Jarrah Forest, the Murray is dominating for several days. Mm. The Warren is not quite there, I mm. think. I mean, it'd be nice if it went into Warren National Park, but I don't think it would... You'd have to do a serious detour through some not very nice country to get back, but you yeah. never know. I guess that's the problem is that, you know, especially because that area was logged quite a lot, it's probably just big holes where mm. it would be like, this would be terrible to walk this way, <laughs> yeah. even though, the you know, the scenery is really nice at the other end. Mm. And it was, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to follow it for a little bit longer because I think the, the forest leading up the hill is not the most exciting um, compared to what you've already walked through from Pemberton. I just kind of felt a bit like let's get it over with kind of walking, which I don't like to say that it's that. Mm. Um, I mean, it was still interesting, but like compared to what you've been through, and I was looking forward to like proper carry forest the whole way, and this was kind of mixed Jarrah, Mary, carry every now and then. Mm. Yeah, and then from there, it's like I remember there's a lot of road crossings. Like mm. the track just it's it's not bad. I mean, I actually remember. Um, even though it was March, that there were a lot of fungi out when mm. we when we walked, and I'm sure when you did it, it must have been even better than than when we were there. Yeah, I remember. Like no more than usual, but there was right. certainly a lot out there. Yeah, yeah. And this is where I saw my my graffiti that really made me annoyed. Oh yeah, um, which I talked about on the blog. It was. Uh, I think it was a group of kids and they were doing some walk for um, cancer and raising money and everything. But their support crew had basically graffitied these carry trees with the like Go James and Go. It was like the initials of their group or the charity they were doing. I was just like, this is completely unnecessary and you have no idea what you're doing because you've just ruined this tree for quite a while because it's not going to shed. It wasn't carry. Yeah, I was going to say, if it was Carrie, then that's all right. Yeah. Then, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> and then someone mentioned later that um, they'd they'd done it at Schaefer Campsite <sighs> as well. And I was just like, just, no. Like, yeah. sure, they're doing a good thing, but what you're doing is just worse. And I just, oh, it just made my blood boil. <laughs> I was walking through and I was already kind of feeling a bit, a bit weary as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, grr. Yeah. But then you reach more farmland, and that made me kind of a little bit happier. <laughs> yep. I think I just sat down on the edge just watching the cows, and it was like a light drizzle too, so I took my jacket off and cooled down for a little bit. Yeah. But it's kind of like almost a carbon copy of day one's farm as well. Like the yeah. side you walk on, you're on a hill, how it's surrounded by the carry forest. It's kind of I keep getting the two mixed up when I think about them now. Right. Mm. Yeah, I remember because that's actually leading up to Schaefer, isn't it? Where you get the the farmland sort of. Yeah, it's like yeah. really, really close to Schaefer. Yeah, which is another interesting hut. Yeah, um, like I'd heard, obviously, this was the hut that you can go swimming at. So it's like it didn't like because I deliberately get amnesia before I go on these trips. I don't read your <laughs> blogs, and I try and forget what was on there, so I can kind of experience it brand new. But as soon as it became a little bit sandier and then I got like a glimpse of water, I was like, oh, this is the dam. <laughs> yeah. You can swim here if you want, um, which you guys did. Yeah, we did because it was March, so it was perfect. Mm. You know, it was quite hot. Um, and, you know, it's it's a novelty because, yes, okay, so between Pemberton and 
um, bailing up. A lot of the campsites have some kind of water hole nearby. Mm. But this is one that's quite a large dam. It's actually got, you know, like it's fenced off like it's, um, you know, it's, it's got like a, the, uh, the boys on a rope. Yeah. So that it's, it's all sort of sectioned off as this is where you can swim, which is really unusual. You know, it's not something you see every day. And I think this was the first time I'd been to a campsite that had that feature. So it was mm. kind of exciting and there was a novelty to it. Yeah. What was the water like? Cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, the yeah. southwest. Oh, yeah. you know? I, I could make a little Donny joke here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was cold. But it was, it was lovely because it was quite a warm day. Mm. It, was, it was March um, and... You know, it's it's it is something that's really nice to be able to like have a refreshing dip after a hot day. Yeah, um, yeah. I certainly read all the comments in the book. I think I got like twenty millimeters of rain that day, so I wasn't exactly short of uh, being having a wet experience. Yep. So yeah, I, I didn't partake on there, but it, it does sound lovely. Like if you said you've had a hard day, more coming north to south because I mean. Northcliff to um, Schaefer's not a no, super it's long not, day. No, it's not strenuous. No. But it is quite open and, you know, if you're doing it in the heat, then you're going to yeah. get sweaty and want to swim. So, yeah, yeah, by all means, go in and have a dip. Yeah. And I like the mixed forest that's around Schaefer. Mm. Sort of a lot of black butts and carry mixed in together. So it's it's a bit of a varied scenery yeah spot. and you like from where you sit in the um the hut it is a nice view out towards the the dam yeah i think watching sunset there's quite nice because um, because a lot of the kind of really nice huts where you've got something nearby don't always translate to when you're in the hut but That's i think true Schaefer yeah. does that quite well especially like the coastal ones are often not good because they face away from the wind mm. so you're just facing not great scenery yeah even though maybe the place you're at is amazing yeah um, yeah and i woke up to a lovely sunrise there yeah it's beautiful just to be able to poke your head out and you know have pinks and blues and oranges it's beautiful mm. So I think Schaefer to Northcliffe is probably the most compromised of the days. Um, I don't find it terrible, but it is not. It's not a day that you would say, "Oh, this is one of the best days of the track." Mm. I guess it's kind of more like a transition day, like you're getting away from the carry forest a bit more, kind of going into what will turn into the Pindurup Plains and Angry Don's yes, worst my... section of the track. <laughs> The section that I refer to as the nadir of the Bippleman track, because mm. there's just so many things wrong with it. But this this day, I think, I feel like I look at it and I go, okay, so you needed to get from here to here, and there's probably not a lot of options. Mm. You know, like I think that they don't really have anywhere else to put the track. I didn't actually mind it. It was just there was a lot of change on the track. Mm. Like you started out in the mixed forest and then you came across some blue gum plantations and then you kind of, there's a farm off on one side and then there's a road that you cross and some paper bark, swampy land. And it was just kind of all very hodgepodge. Yeah. You didn't really settle into a rhythm of the mm. same landscape. I remember a lot of thin trees mm. near the swampy areas, like very kind of stunted trees that, yeah, they're, they're okay, but... You know, especially the last two days have been magnificent 
carry and you're mm. just in like yeah it's all right for us it's yeah, it's a bit of a step down yeah and i'd gone through just after a prescribed burn as well oh. so that made me even angrier because <laughs> you could see, what annoyed me was not that they'd done the burn but like they just that section of the track that like they targeted because you got to an open area and you could see 30 40 meters away it was green and lovely and you just know well they've just walked down the track and just burnt because it's a track yeah and it's just that visitor experience, which we've talked about quite a lot, um, yeah. mainly online, and, and kind of that's the, the crutch of the argument, or most of the argument is it's a visitor experience. And if you're going to burn just the track, why even burn? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's something that I think we talked about more closer to Perth, is that I, I did some off-track walking near Monad Knox, mm. and it was all pristine-looking. And then as soon as we got to the track, it was horrible. Mm. And what does that say to visitors, you know? Like, it, it, it doesn't present our best face no. forward. And after a while, you've got to wonder, because a lot of the people you talk to that are visiting from interstate or internationally, they're always like, oh, that's Aussie bush, and it will regrow and everything. It's like, well, this is not bushfires that have happened. These are burns that have deliberately happened. Yeah. And they're going to continue to happen every five years because someone says that they have to. Yeah. And it's just like, once you tell them that, they're like, oh, you mean it doesn't have to be that way? It's yeah. just kind of like a light bulb moment. And yeah, I mean, there's been quite a few people recently, I know we're getting off topic a little bit, yep. <laughs> just talking about how many diversions they've had to go through this year. Yeah. It's getting ridiculous. And I think that, you know, someone had five and some of it was through, you know, leading through the Pemberton yeah. Northcliffe area. And I think that that's too many. I think it's understandable that maybe there might be one or two, but five is, mm. that's, I think we need to think about these things as well in terms of, as you say, the visitor experience, so that maybe if you think about the rolling time that people are going to be leaving, and maybe I'm sure there's a study of like, okay, some more people leave around this time, mm. and you can kind of time your burns to not be at the same time as people are walking through. Because I think mm. at the moment they have, I don't give a damn attitude. Well, their notices say we're going to be burning summer, spring, autumn, 2018 to 2019. Yeah. It's like, well... That does not tell me anything. It means that, like I'm gonna be. That's a nine month period that you mm -hmm. say you're gonna burn. Mm. When am I supposed to know you're gonna burn? Yeah. And a lot of people commented on that. And I was just like, oh, it's just, it's a little bit embarrassing that you're trying to present the best self of WA, and all you keep hearing is burns and diversions and yeah, exactly. blackened blackened areas. But anyway. Back to the track. Back to the track. Um, <laughs> so after leaving the sort of swampy area, you get into more farmland. Yeah. And this was like, it's extended farmland as well. Yep. Which I loved a lot, even though mm. the 4 by 4 track that I was on, or that you have to take, it was just, it was like my version of the Pinder Up Plains, um, <laughs> which I didn't get to experience this year, but all next year. Um, hopefully not in knee-deep water, but... <laughs> It was knee-deep at, like, a few points. Oh, really? And wow. there's just no way to escape it because it's fenced off inside. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it already had wet feet for two days, so I thought, what's another yeah. few kilometres? Did they have a section of fence with, like, just dead fox pelts on it? I can't remember. Because when we went through, there was just a section of, like, fox Warnings. pelts. Warnings. Okay. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> this is what you better not come onto my property because this is what you get. Yeah. 
Maybe it was the, the group of farmers um, from Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing it as a tie. Bronx Bunston Bean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but it is, it's nice farmland. Um, it wasn't really being used much when I was going by. If you're just using that as grazing land, I think it's a bit of a waste. Yeah, I saw a lot of cows. Yeah. Um, and I think that was about it. But I mean, there's, like when I passed, like you could see the cows, but it just didn't seem like there were many of them. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a farmer, so I don't know how many cows per hectare or acre you can get. But mm. it was very, very lush. I'm sure they could have had a few more on. Yeah, the um, the other thing that I remember from this section was a lot of blackberry bushes, which I'm all. I know a lot of people picked them as they mm. walked through, but I'm always very hesitant to pick blackberries because they are always sprayed well not always but very often sprayed because yeah. they are a weed they must have done a, a bit of cleanup because i don't remember seeing any oh um, right yeah so hopefully they've done a, a good job and removed them all there there was heaps when we went through um and i because i remember there was like a group of girls behind us and they they'd been spending some time picking <laughs> berries and i said i wouldn't do that yeah <laughs> they normally put signs up though when they spray well, they should anyway. They should, <laughs> and that's the worry. Is like, what if they don't, yeah. and then you eat poison berries? Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm fairly confident they're no longer there in the the mass numbers that you you say that they were. So that's good. Yeah, it's good because blackberry is just one of those WA things that is just like, a, why would you do that in the first place? And now it's everywhere. Yeah, it's so they're hard not to get rid of. They're not amazing like raspberries you know mm. the blackberries are sort of the black sheep of the berry family mm. you know yes combine blackberries with, with raspberries you get boysenberries and they're amazing mm. but there was no reason to have blackberries really yeah and now they just choke everywhere <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah and then you leave the farmland i don't know why but the farmland towards the end which would have been the start for you it Kind of reminded me of more New South Wales or Victoria, like the man from Snowy River kind of farm, where you've got the big trees, which would be the um, the blue gums over there, mm. kind of big smooth bark trees. You've got the roads leading to all the little houses and farms and everything. It just it didn't feel like WA to me. It felt more like country Australia, on the eastern state. Yeah, side. on the eastern state side. Yeah. Ah, I, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't really thought about it when we walked through, but then I hadn't really explored regional Victoria or New South Wales that heavily at the time. Mm. Whereas I think you've been you'd been to a lot of places in Victoria before doing this, mm. so that kind of maybe informed your maybe <laughs> your view of it. But yeah, I mean, that, I think that's a fair point. Um, certainly. There's areas in northern New South Wales that I can picture trees that look very similar to Carrie that have that kind of look. Mm. So, yeah. That's this weird thing. Because normally WA farms don't have... Like, they have a row of trees, mm. but it's not they're not quite as old as these big Carries are. It's like they deliberately decided, oh, we'd better have some tree cover, so yeah. we'll save a few. Like, oh, these trees are actually nice. Yeah. I think we should leave them. Yeah. Um yeah, it was quite, quite lovely. I enjoyed because you do get, once you cross the Bitchman Road, um, I forget the name of it, but then you go onto the gravel 4x4 track, which is a access point to the farms. It was just pleasant walking. And I had nice sunshine that day, and yeah, it was just enjoyable walking yeah. towards the, the Gardner River. 
Yeah, all good, nice sunny day. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually, I thought I would see Pack Animal because at the Schaefer hut I was looking through and he'd been to the Schaefer hut on Christmas Day. Right. Because he lives quite close and he decided that was a good Christmas Day activity. I was like, what if this is the day? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, it's back into kind of mixed mixed forest mm. um, bordering the Gardner River. Yeah. I quite like this section. I think it's nice. Uh, when we were there, it was it wasn't flowing very strongly because it was you know March, mm. but there was still some water there. And I imagined as we were walking, oh, this would look really nice later in the year. So when you did it, it would have been nicer. Or? No, it was nice, but it wasn't like a raging river. It was. It seemed. It seemed a lot gentler than I was expecting. Right. Um, I have no idea what I was expecting, but it was just like for a, a river, I thought it'd be wider and more kind of like a Donnelly River. Mm. But even the bridge that you cross um, to get onto into the forest, it wasn't flowing at a, a great rate and it looked like you could probably just walk through. Right. Okay, like then, then it sounds much like deep. when we went. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, that, that bridge is quite cool. And that's also where it meets up with the Mundabidi. Yes, kind of a, you can see like bike tracks. I remember yeah. when we went because the um, the river wasn't super deep, and so I think some cyclists thought they would just you know go straight mm. through the water. Yeah, so you could see tire tracks going in the water. Yeah, I've actually I've yet to see a Mundabidi cyclist like when the trails do meet. Yeah, I always wanted to see one and like have like a a meeting of the worlds. I have twice. Um, once at Giants, um, near Valley of the Giants, and then another time, again in that section leading to there, because I think there's a lot more concurrent running mm. in that section. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it, in the, um, you're quite right, Donnelly River to Pembethan section, there's like a day where they just keep crisscrossing. Yeah. And yet I've never seen anyone there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've always wondered. And because Donnelly River to Pemberton, like you see tire marks on the bill when it's not meant to be a mixed track and I'm always worried you're going to come around a corner and then you just get like a tire on the butt or like yep. just confronted with cyclists but yeah, it never happens yeah yeah I mean moving on you kind of get closer to town and you get the was the spillway flowing when you went there's kind of that like spooky old picnic area yeah oh yeah I remember that yeah I don't know if, there was, if it was or not I remember there was a prescribed burn through that area uh, in the weeks before, so we were very lucky because a week earlier if we had done it, mm. there was actually a really long deviation where you'd have to have walked all the way up oh, the road. Yeah. So thankfully that wasn't in place, but there was a lot of smouldering forest, I remember. Mm. Your favourite. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. No, it is, I'm perplexed as to who uses that picnic area because it didn't look like it was... Like, normally picnic areas, like, it's swept and, like, there's a little area, but it was just leaf litter mm. everywhere. Yeah. And it's not like it's a nice bit of the river because there's a concrete spillway, like, <laughs> yeah. right there. It's, you're not yeah. going to go for a swim or just sit there going, wow, <laughs> like, nature. <laughs> I think Northcliffe suffers from that, though, because, like, later on, nearer to town where there's, that like, that shelter and that mm. area there, again, looks run down. It looks like no one uses it, mm. um, which is a shame because... You know, the areas around there are quite nice. It's nicer yeah. than the spillway area that you're talking yeah. about. Um, but yeah, getting to that, that little hut kind of thing, 
like you see the road and you see the sign saying town center that way and you think it's not going to be very far but it just kind of keeps going and you're just yep. winding it feels like you're going away from town before you actually get there yeah um, but the, I mean the four by four tracks through there are quite nice I forget what they call it it's like a forest park yeah um, yeah. And it's got like I think um, trails down to the river and things. There's a lot mm. more I think to explore there than as you say. Like there's a lot there that you don't expect is there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was quite quite enjoyed that area, even though it was kind of dragging on. But this is only a short day. It's only like 14k's. Yeah. So it's not not like your feet are aching after 20k's and you just want to get to town. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I like I like the way it comes into town. Mm. You know, like when it joins the railway track. It's yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And again, like the, the hut that's got the information for all these trails, I was like, I've never seen these advertised online or yep. like even a quick Google search. Like you type in Northcliffe hiking and you get the art understory and Mount Shuttleup. Yeah. And, and that's, that's it. it. And then there's like four or five different trails that they've all named and like mapped out. I was just like, where has this been? <laughs> yep. So yeah, I have to go back and do them. I mean, they're not really long. I think the longest one's like three or four k's. Yeah, but it's still an interesting thing that they should be trying to promote because Northcliffe has so much potential as a track town, and yet it's really just Mundabidi and Billman passing through. Yeah, I mean, it's got they've got a pretty massive visitor center, mm. and yet where are the visitors? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think because you kind of have to pass through here to get to... I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. You pronounce it best. Don Tricastel. Yes, <laughs> at National Park. Um, and a lot of the areas, like, you have to use Northcliffe as a base to go out and come back. So I, I kind of get why the visitor center is that large, but why not use it to its full potential? Yeah, I mean, yes, you can send people off to Don Tricastel, but... If you've got stuff nearby, then maybe they might stay in town. They might spend some money in town. Mm. Whereas at the moment, you just kind of go through, get the information and go, thanks, and then leave. Yeah. Which is not great. Mm. But I mean, yeah. I, I enjoy Northcliffe. And I, I remarked after I'd finished, I was like, if I was going to be a recluse, <laughs> Northcliffe would probably be one of the areas I would look to settle in. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably why... Um, pack animals <laughs> but from great access to the track yeah yeah it's a nice track town I, I think it's not Pemberton no or Walpole yeah Walpole's pretty good yeah. Albany obviously is yeah. really good Den- Denmark yeah very good um, but yeah it's a nice nice town and the, the bus service is really good from there to Pemberton like mm-hmm. I really recommend that connection because yeah. it allows you to get from point A to point B very easily and complete that as a nice loop without having to do a car shuffle which you know obviously if you're driving all the way from Perth to do that as a car shuttle yeah is a bit expensive yeah yeah definitely um yeah it's just and I have to shout out to the visitor center because I was maybe 10 kilometers out of Northcliff driving back to Bunbury and I was just like where's my camera <laughs> and so I stopped on the side of the road I'm like fidgeting through all of my pack like my car everywhere I was just like oh shit I've like left it at the visitor center and I, I drove back and to be honest the lady knew it was there it was just sitting on the table where you signed the book I was like but you couldn't have like put it behind the counter because anyone could just walk in and be like oh cool camera it's now mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not that I think people would do that in a visitor center but she was just like you know, if, had you have driven all the way back, I would have posted it to you. I was just like, 
it may have been stolen by then. Yeah. And it had like, I'd taken like almost two and a half thousand photos over the three <laughs> days. I was like, I'd better not have lost that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, overall, this is a, I think, a really nice three day section. Yeah, it was one that I was really looking forward to doing and I deliberately left to like kind of springtime, early spring and I just come back from the Pilbara so I kind of was longing for wet carry forests yeah. and that's exactly what you get on this section. Yeah, I think it's it's um, it's um like a mini version of Donnelly, Donnelly River to Pemberton. It's mm. a continuation of that almost. So yeah. while I walked bailing up to Pemberton in one hit, I think you could, it would be a really nice... If you wanted to get like the full carry experience, mm. you could walk from Donnelly River to Northcliffe, except for the fact that the transport issues yeah. might exist. But it's a really good way of getting that full picture of, of carry forest that it's probably the height, peak carry forest for the Bibbulmun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for a three-day section, you're really only hiking in carry forest for two days. Yeah. But, I mean, 14Ks on that third day is not really... Like, it's kind of a transition day anyway, so it's... Yeah, and there's still carry at the end, you know, yeah. near the town. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very, very beautiful section. And if you're just looking for a long weekend or an Easter period, obviously be prepared, but it's that perfect length that you can quite easily do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep, so I think we both recommend and like this section. Yes. Um, stay tuned for 2019 Angry Dawn. <laughs> oh, yes. When we talk about Northcliffe to Walpole, the, yep. the knives are out. <laughs> yeah. And it's just getting a, a recent burn as well where they shut oh, off like... no. It was a 30 kilometers of the track that they, they're oh, putting yeah. through the 65-kilometer diversion. Yep. So it'd be interesting to talk to someone who did that diversion and get their thoughts about prescribing. Yeah, that, that's some cruel, yeah, some real cruel shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Fernhook Falls is in a bad campsite, but... But having an extra day, yeah, an extra you know, day. especially, I mean, it, you can later on double the last day into town, but mm. if, you, if you were already planning to double and you only had enough food, yeah, that's really not great. I hope they only burn like a tiny section and be like, weather's done, that's it. There's the window's closed and then they just reopen it because to burn that huge area, if they're going to burn that entire area, something is wrong with what they're doing. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we we will really get into this section yeah, next I'll, year. <laughs> I'll be a moderator because I haven't hiked that yet, but yep. um, yeah. Yeah, you will have to really hold me back, I think, because I have a lot of very negative things to say about this section. Maybe I just edit this that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> really a good, good compromise. So, like, you can say I did not like, and then you, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. I'm sure you've uh, enjoyed the last couple of minutes of waffling. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with episode 31, which will be our hurrah for the year when while we only have one more episode if you do have any questions or suggestions for future pods please contact us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com um and if you are enjoying the pod then rate us on itunes thank you for listening